Handwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Receive a limited edition and written imaginings notebook with any purchase over $50. I'm really confused about that. Uh, a limited edition notebook. Are we going to like order them or are we going to create them? Although we don't really support purchases right now. So I guess we don't technically need to have them. Yeah. But, you know, I figure if someone manages to send us $50 somehow, we can just put the logo on a notebook and send it to them. Oh, that feels cheap. <laughs> what? Like, there's places where you can definitely, like, order, like, real, like, notebooks with that, like, built into the cover or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I mean, you know... If they sent us 50 bucks, I think it's worth spending the 20, you know? Especially because we don't have anything else to sell them. We'll figure out what the notebook looks like if and when, you know, somebody manages to purchase $50 of non-existent goods. (laughs) That's definitely, like, a a solid place to go with this, you know? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hi, I'm Atheo, author of Rune and Metagame. Uh, I think I've said where they are enough times by now that it's kind of obvious and I'm very tired just all the time now so Mm. it's unfortunate hi my name is Eunice I write Fantasia and Eterna Source Um, and uh, I've I've recently been reading way too many Korean webtoons um, because the art is pretty and not necessarily because they have any good plot development (laughs) they don't they really don't Um, (laughs) I would try to argue with you, but you're right. Um, it's such pretty art, you know? I'm very shallow yeah. when it comes to comics. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's not fair to say they all don't. It's just that most of them don't. The ones that I'm reading don't. <laughs> That's, just That's fair. All right. Uh, this week, I do believe that it's my idea. Mm-hmm. So, I have something. What it is, is we have, like, this, I guess, like, galaxy-spanning empire or, like, group or something. It's not necessarily an empire, necessarily. Okay. It's probably more like a like a federation of some variety, because when you get to that scale, you know, it takes too long to get places to really consider yourself an empire. Um, so, the biggest starting point that I have is that we have our main character who is a member of some corporation that has an absolutely ludicrous premise of planet moving. Like, the entire purpose for which the corporation exists is moving planets. And our main character is just one of the grunts who gets sent out to move planets. Okay. Yeah. And then, as they do this, they get sent somewhere where they're challenged. Uh, I don't necessarily know what that exact challenge is yet. Like, is this supposed to be like a planet move gone wrong? I think it's either a planet move gone wrong or somebody did their, did their searching wrong and like the planet should no longer be moved because it's been inhabited or something. 
Okay. You know, like, I figure moving planets in their orbit is a gargantuan task that involves really massive um, gravitational forces, and uh, one wrong move could implode that solar system in an unpleasant way. Let's implode that solar system and more, like, crack the planet a little bit and make it completely uninhabitable for, you know millions of years yeah you know like that whole thing where two planets collide and then there's like a massive generation of heat and then it fuses and it's like an egg hitting another egg at high speeds in a microwave and then and then you know throws off a few moons and then a few billion years later it cools enough to possibly sustain life that kind of yeah uh, yeah like that kind of mistake which is not one you want to make like they would actually explode the sun or anything like that. Because even if you launched a planet into the sun, the sun would be fine. <laughs> the sun might not even notice. The sun might go like, bloop. <laughs> but, you know, it would mainly be fine. So I guess unless it was like a super iron-rich planet. Like if it was the size of a planet and just like a solid block of iron, that might actually cause issues. Um, but uh, I figure... It's very expensive to hire someone to move your planet for you. It's more expensive to to fuel the gear, I would assume. Yeah, like, and it's also extremely dangerous. So, like, you know, you get to charge a premium. And also, not very many people have experience in moving planets because, you know. It's not necessary all that often. Yeah, and not many planets have been moved. Um, so there's probably only one company that has a monopoly on the whole planet moving business. And it's less, it's less a monopoly and more like everyone's like, yeah, so they're already doing all the planet moving and I definitely can't do that cheaper. Yeah, or, you know, put in the quadrillion dollars of research and development it would take to get the machinery and all that. It's just a lot of trouble. And not not a, an issue that comes up frequently enough that you have a planet that's valuable enough to be worth moving. Yeah. Although it does happen sometimes, you know. Yeah. Like, I figure it's like if you have a really, really, like, ideal planet in terms of, like, the resources. But and... it's just outside of the green zone. Yeah. Like, you just... It, if it were only a little bit warmer... We could just live there because it's got plenty of water and all the elements needed to create life. We need to move this planet three light seconds in on its orbit. Just, just, just a little nudge, nudge. Or like, you know, if we need to just... Dis- Actually, three light seconds is really long way. Right? Yeah, I don't think we would need to use light distances. Just a little nudge. Yeah. Just a little nudge. Just like... 10,000, 10, 20,000 kilometers, like, just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, space. <laughs> A little nudge. <laughs> or, like, you know, maybe there's, for some reason, if there's just one too many moons, and we just want to get rid of one. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that people would do. Yeah, you know. It's like, we need to get rid of one planet, and then... Not planet. We need to get rid of one moon and then move the planet back. <laughs> yeah, so let's say, like, they started with moons, you know? And and then they that was successful, so they moved on to, like, nudging a planet. And, and they've been building up 
uh, like more and more confidence in their planetary moving technology, you know, come up with a pseudoscientific word for this. Or don't even come up with like a pseudoscientific word for it, just come up with like some ridiculous slang term for it that people use. Um, so now they've been hired by the Empire slash Federation slash Syndicate um, to do something even more ambitious. You know, a galactic syndicate would be pretty extreme. I would be all for it, but, like, that would be pretty extreme. Yeah, like, and, and like, they're doing it, honestly, more of, as, a, like, a vanity project than because it's financially, like, worth doing. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you span the galaxy, that's about what you're doing at that point. Like, yeah. They just want to be the first ones to, like move a planet between suns or something really stupid like that. <laughs> I don't even know. At that point, you you definitely need to have, like, more than faster than light travel. You need to have, like, you'd have to move an entire planet faster than light for that to be, like, sensible at all. Or, I like, you know, some kind of galactic gravitational slingshot is calculations are going on um maybe it's like a twin sun system so it's not that far i don't know just well a twin sun system uh would have a gravitational point that's central to the suns instead of central to like where the planets are so we would actually have is a planet that uh, that orbits both of them that's true i guess but i don't the point is i don't know a lot about planetary bodies and uh, gravitational forces because I did not major in physics. I didn't major in physics either, but I have done um, probably hundreds of hours of research on planetary physics. Yeah, and I haven't. Okay, so... I, I just... I'm, I am the biochemistry side of this partnership. <laughs> yeah. Tec I mean, technically, you could have a planet that, like, orbits the suns in such a way that it like goes between them every once in a while but that planet would not be inhabitable okay um the point is make some something up that sounds plausible with a semi-plausible reason for wanting to do this and then throw in some scientific terminology as to how it's going to get done and then, <laughs> and then and then go the martian on it and then figure out how it can go, all go horribly wrong, okay? <laughs> exactly. Whether that's maybe uh, the planet they're, they're moving has a thinner crust than expected, so, you know, the gravitational lensing that they're doing for looking at the planet as they're moving it uh, is just a little bit too much and they can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, and basically we have our poor main character who's probably an underpaid engineer under like definitely an underpaid engineer <laughs> under some kind of unreasonable deadline uh, <laughs> it's like we've calculated that you can get it here from here to here in uh three months so we're giving you two and a half <laughs> uh and they have to you know jerry-rig all of their calculations and keep everyone from dying because of this nonsense project that's not even, like, worth doing. <laughs> I mean, again, you know, galaxy-spending syndicate, they don't have much else to do with 
with their resources, so... You know, yeah, it's the equivalent of them, like, building, uh, Mount Rushmore. They're, like, just moving a planet into, I don't know. See, I would put it more along the lines of the nonsense that's going on right now, where, um, there's just a bunch of cities that keep building taller skyscrapers so that they can say they have the highest skyscraper. Yeah. And it's like, that's an entire waste of money. You're going too high for the structural materials that you're using. You're causing actual danger here. But they keep going, you know? Because they gotta have that tallest skyscraper. Yeah, it's like that, except with planets. Because, <laughs> you know. Humans are still humans, even at the galactic scale. Yeah. Or, like, maybe they, they're, like, trying to move, like, a really pretty planet into their, like, central solar system that's, like, the most densely populated one in the entire empire slash syndicate um oh so, and the, actually yeah, yeah. if you if you were to scale it on the on the scale of like you know 10 to 20 years you can instead say that there's like a super pretty planet that's going to be passing by the central planet like that the system of it is passing by the like central system of maybe like some federal part of the of the syndicate, so it's like the syndicate is made up of smaller syndicates. So you have another syndicate that like this person is hired by, and this like super pretty planet is is passing by the central system. So they're like going to at, at the point at which they pass each other, they're going to nudge the planet out of one system and into the other. Okay, so they're basically stealing the other solar system's vacation planet. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, so now we have political drama to add to the. <laughs> You know, possible death of quadrillions of people. Exactly. Um, because why not? And uh, our underpaid engineer must navigate the perils of um, actual, you know, physical death as well as being constantly threatened um, by superiors. And if you didn't want them to be able to move the planet, then you shouldn't have sold the planet to somebody outside of your system. Well, we didn't think they could move it. We thought they had to go through our area the entire time. And it's like, did you look at where this place was going? Like, I don't know. Um, and, you know, I don't... I need this plot to not just end up in everybody dying horribly, so we need to figure out what this will Yeah, I, I think that this plot ending up in everybody dying horribly would be kind of a, a bad direction to go, yeah, actually. I don't do those plots, because... Life sucks. I might be willing to do those plots if it were, if it made sense, but like it doesn't currently make sense. No, let's let's figure out how to have a decent ending. Um, they managed to complete the nudge. Okay, and that's that's how you have a decent ending. And nobody gets politically assassinated who didn't deserve it. <laughs> A few people get assassinated who didn't deserve it, but not ones that we know. <laughs> okay, n none of the characters we care about get assassinated is what's important. <laughs> or maybe one character who you care about a little bit gets politically assassinated. Aww. I don't like that. <laughs> okay. But, like, not our main character and not anybody who's, like, super close to the main character. Okay. We just, you know, gotta ratchet up that tension a little bit. So I feel like we need more characters other than the main character. Um, their boss at the Planet Movers Association. Uh, yeah. Who is just like, 
Maybe they're just like a middle management AI. Like <laughs> the the main character's boss is a middle management AI. Yeah, and well their direct boss at least. Like the like the person at the top is a person, but like the pers- the people in between the people who, you know, need to work on things and like move things around are just middle management AI. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like And like, you know, they're not dumb. But they're not, like, full characters, either. They sort of have, like, a different vibe to it. I don't really see your classic, like, middle management unreasonable boss trope being fulfilled by an AI that's theoretically supposed to have, like, logic. (laughs) Uh, see, the AI only has the logic that you tell it to have. So if you tell the middle management AI that its job is to, using the resources that it has been assigned, best complete the work that it has been assigned, then it may be completely unreasonable. Like, I don't think an AI would be like, oh, my projections say it'll take you three months, so you have two and a half. Like, that's clearly a, a person yeah, kind of... Yeah, but if of... the boss of the AI gets given the AI's prediction that it'll take three, three months and goes, yeah, I want it done in two and a half then the AI may not have a choice. Okay, but that would... Yeah, like, I don't really see them in any kind of boss situation. It's more of a just... You know, you're either, like, a little little drone AI that just does little calculations, or you're more of a... of the snarky has gained self-awareness and is the MC's ally AI. <laughs> I mean, you can sort of slotted in between the two, right? Because the way that AI works, their priorities may conflict, but, or, like, they may seem to conflict if you were to go about it in the human way, but, like, don't technically conflict so they can go about it. So, like, they're constantly, like, harping on about deadlines and stuff, but, like, every time they do it, because the AI understands that, like, this this isn't really a possible thing that it's asking... It's, like, really snarky about it. So it's, like, the task you have been assigned needs to be completed in these two months. Now, I'm well aware that you can't complete it in these two months. Late delivery is fortunately fully paid for. Essentially, it's... What's that word? It's essentially doing the trope... Like, constantly doing the trope of... I'm not going to be telling you exactly what I'm telling you right now. So, like... I'm not supposed to tell you that you that you're going to be fully paid for your overtime in this job. <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell you and like going on like that essentially. Okay, well if that's the way we're going, I'm feeling like like the main character needs someone who's like an actual ally to help the, with the all AI's this. Yeah, trying. Yeah, but if the AI is, like, somehow programmed to just make unreasonable demands, they're not a true ally, they're just, you know, something that's there for comedic effect, honestly. I feel like you can get a true ally who still needs to make unreasonable demands, but it's fine. Yeah. I was more leaning towards, like, an AI that does all of the, you know, gravitational calculations and has developed a, a personality 
um, and is is like the main character's friend. I mean, we we can have both of these. Sure. <laughs> they're they're not filling the same role here. Okay, I don't really see the middle manager honestly playing a big role in what's happening. I mean, they might make suggestions or like say like, hey, uh, make sure that you're not in this place at this exact time because uh, somebody's going to try and kill you. Okay. So one's trying to help with the with the physical task of moving the planet and one is preventing... Helping the... with the politics. Sure. Uh, do we want any, like, real people to be involved? Um, I mean, sure. But, like, I'm not entirely certain... How many real people <laughs> would sort of be involved here? Well, the, is there like just a single underpaid engineer in charge of all of the AIs that are that are moving this planet of incalculable value into this like solar system of like the most uh, also like, ridiculously high value? Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, why would you pay more than one person to do that? Come on. Okay. Well. And this person is uh, somehow uh, much more important than than they're being paid for. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that is an ongoing condition of the human species. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know which history books you've read <laughs> where that doesn't happen all the time. Where people are much more important than their salaries would suggest. Where the occasional person is much more important than their salary would suggest. Okay. Do you know how many times some, like, middle-of-the-road pay captain of some random ship or or uh, military base has prevented the literal end of the world? Because it's entirely too many. Yeah, but that's not the same thing as we are... Doing a project that's more dangerous than developing, like, nuclear fusion bombs and you, engineer, who gets, you know, a not great salary are fully in charge of it with only a couple of AIs to help you. <laughs> I don't know if it's that different. Okay. But, yeah. Because it's a project, right? So even if, like... Nobody knows what they're doing. They at least want to, like, have their names on the project so they can brag about it if it goes well. Or is it more of a situation the company was hired to do this and they know it's impossible, so they they just dump it on this dude as a sacrifice so they can blame it all on them when it goes hard. You know, I think that second one is a lot funnier. Okay. So this person has been sacrificed to the political gods... Uh, as a scapegoat for when an unimaginable number of people um, die <laughs> from... Well, it's less an unimaginable number of people die, and it's more like that it doesn't get delivered on time. Oh, who cares about even being on time? If nobody dies, it's a win. Okay. <laughs> Maybe in the company's eyes and, uh, and our engineer's eyes, but uh, the on-time delivery is, you know, super important politically. Like, like, that's not happening. It's like, did you actually do the math here? Like, this delivery time is unfeasible. 
No, I did not do ma the math. Like, just moving the planet into a new stable orbit is, like, not even happening. So, like, let's... Like, yeah, I feel like the, the engineer's goal is to literally, like, move the planet and then it No just, deaths. <laughs> yeah, it just, like, goes... It doesn't even settle into a new orbit. It just goes harmlessly out into the vastness of space and, as far as they can tell, won't crash into anything for... At least a few thousand uh, I mean, light years. <laughs> that's a that's a problem. Uh, I, I would consider their goal to actually be to get it to at least a place where it could be pushed into a stable orbit. Or, you know, just have it, like, go into the uninhabited zone where it can harmlessly crash into other uninhabited things. Like, and just... Screw your vacation homes, rich people. <laughs> See, when you're talking about a, a planet-sized vacation area, um, I don't necessarily think that it's important for you to be rich to go to the planet. Like, maybe not if you're... I'm not saying really that, poor, but like... that it's only rich people live on there, but I feel that... They had at least enough uh, foresight to fully evacuate the planet before attempting to rip it out of its orbit. <laughs> yes. They, I, I will give them that much. Okay, so he's just... Or he slash she slash they slash whatever pronoun wants to, like, just send it off away where it can just explode and get into a lot of trouble, but at least nobody died. Like, I, I don't feel like it's feasible to, like, actually settle it into a stable orbit into this, like, tightly packed uh, solar system. Uh, it's more feasible than you might think once you get it moving into the new system. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of gravity math involved here. Um, yeah, but I just feel like, you know, a single piece of space debris that's not in the variable calculations and at that distance you know it's just gonna be an insane amount of uh, margin of error and it's just not safe not as much margin of error as you think again right like unless... space is big but space is also fairly empty yeah, but you know like a passing passing comet or just you know, like, little little things can really throw it off. Unless you have some kind of active steering going on on the planet at, like, the, the entire process through. Well, that's what I was thinking they would do. Why would you just, like, nudge the planet once and then hope? Uh, because of the immense amount of, like, power it would take. And also, like, the distances being traversed, like... Or what I mean, it's 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 more like nudge the planet once or twice, and then watch, but not hope, because you can actually do like the calculations to like move it without it being too difficult. Like, yeah, but you know, I've seen not that I know anything about calculating astrophysics. But you know, like where they where they change the initial conditions of some system by like point zero 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 one, 
and then, you know, three years later, what it looks like is not even remotely the same. Well, that's just a matter of the way that gravity interacts with gravity. Yeah, so it's just, I don't think it's feasible, but I guess if it's you It's definitely to... feasible, uh, especially if you know the starting conditions. And it also, like, depends on what kind of weird technology you have that's doing the steering. Because it's like, unless you're going to attach it to the planet that's being moved. Like, if your initial propulsion... It's more of like a gravity-only portal. <laughs> yeah, like, if your initial propulsion is coming from a planet that it starts out close to, then you can't continuously, uh, you know, keep pushing it, because... The, it gets farther away from the initial propulsion or uh, unless you're going to set up multiple stations along the way that would actually be like sort of interesting is like planetary size slingshots you know so it really depends on what kind of magical technology we're we're going with here yeah i wouldn't necessarily explain it in too much detail i would just sort of go like yeah we have this technology it's like I, it, it can generate a huge amount of gravity for like this amount of time so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to use to push this thing around and then you know the internal screaming starts up uh very silently in the background all right um so we have sort of our, our general arc here and and two characters uh, do we want to make any, like, repeating antagonists? I, uh, you know, if, there might be some terrorists that don't want the rich to have their vacation homes or, you know, factions within the syndicate or... I mean, again, it, it's an entire planet that's being moved into a system with another inhabitable planet. I'm not sure that it's a rich person vacation home. Um... What I thought we established that they were doing it for a stupid reason. <laughs> I did establish that we were doing that they were doing it for a stupid reason. I, it, it's more like you can do something for a stupid reason that doesn't necessarily have to be just the uh, jerk off material of rich people. Okay. Such as we want to show off, or we want to have a cheap place for people to go on vacation. Or we want to have even more inhabitable space in, in this planet, that uh, in this system, for some reason. It's not going to be cheap. Like, honestly, like, if it succeeds, uh, like, their company is going to make it really rich on real estate. Like, the prices are going to just... <laughs> like, if they succeed, this will be the most profitable venture that this planet-moving <laughs> company has ever done. Uh, and if they fail... If they succeed. Yeah, if they fail, it's going to be an unmitigated disaster. Yep. But luckily, not an unmitigated disaster that they're paying for. So. Which is why they kind of took the job. Also because they were under political pressure and so they couldn't refuse. But also they're just going to dump it on someone who, you know, they can sacrifice if it doesn't go well. You know? Exactly. But, um... I'm sure there are people who don't want this to succeed, you know? They might try and blow up some of the technology, or they might try and hack into the AI and screw up its calculations. 
they might, uh, you know, use some of the technology that they have to launch a comet on the wrong path for a little while. Yeah, screw up the gravity. They might, uh, I don't know, send a spy or someone to, like... A spy? I don't know. Someone to sabotage the main character, either, like, in a violent way or in a, like, a trickster way. (laughs) Oh, fun. You know? And I said someone to seduce the main character. I don't know. Whatever you want. Uh, I don't feel like that's a story that you would want to would want to tell at least. Uh. Well, n- well, if I wrote that story, then they'd actually end up falling in love by accident, right? But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um. I mean, if if I were sending somebody to seduce the main character, I would go with somebody that like is more loyal to the cause than they would be to a person. But, yeah. you know, just in case uh, your evil empire is really, really poor at human resources. Um. <laughs> you know the whole trope where you send the, the heartless cold assassin who then experiences human warmth for the first time and then abandons all their That's why you don't send the heartless cold assassin who has never experienced human warmth. Well... You send the heartless cold assassin who has experienced human warmth and didn't much care for it. That's creepy. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Well, I don't... I don't write many... Actually, I don't think I write any true sociopaths in my stories because they're creepy <laughs> i technically have written one okay uh, well she was the main character and she was awful and i loved her just the same uh <laughs> yeah no all my characters are all nice on the inside sometimes they're mean on the outside but they're all nice on the inside and none of them would like you know do that because <laughs> It's creepy. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, very, very disappointing. It's so creepy. Not allowed. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like char- or people and characters who can like lie that well, because it involves a <laughs> level of like self delusion that like icks me out on a visceral level. <laughs> self delusion, or just other people delusion. Well, I guess if you're a true sociopath, you don't have to be able to lie to yourself in order to project a good, good lie. But well, I mean that doesn't have anything to do with being a sociopath. I actually write some characters who are like super good at lying and super good at manipulating people, but like aren't really self-deluding. They're just kind of deluding other people a lot. Their their primary issue is that they don't really know when to stop tricking other people so they just kind of keep doing it Uh, in my experience people have to be able to believe their own bullshit to lie well unless they have a degree of sociopathy but you know or psychopathy Uh, oh okay so we're just we're just gonna call them you know a degree of, of sociopathy there we go yeah no i don't really think that's true okay but we can argue about that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, multiple intrigue options exist. I probably wouldn't... Yeah, like, I wouldn't pro- go the seduction route because, like, I don't think the engineer is necessarily important enough. 
like to to do that. They would it would be easier to just assassinate them. Uh, <laughs> yep. If worst comes to worst, so maybe just a lot of politics that that. I feel like you you would need like a not even a more of a zoomed out perspective to even know everything that's going on rather than sticking too close to the engineer. Well, that's what the middle manager AI is for. They they tell you what's going on and they share bits and pieces of information and then the engineer like looks stuff up and like calls people, you know. Yeah. Cuz a lot of their job is literally just going to be like sitting there waiting for the planet to move. So I guess yeah. The AI is doing a lot of the calculations, so... It's doing the minutia, you know? Yeah. Handling physical maintenance and pressing the button, because, you know, there's a button. (laughs) (laughs) There's a big red button, and the engineer, uh, at this point, has essentially been like... I'm... is essentially just like, I am supposed to press that big button. And then, like, you go into a lot of detail about how, like, the button, you know, is is the uh, way for humans to m- maintain control of AIs. And then the engineer is just like, hey, AI, press the button. And then you describe, like, a like a robot arm that's, like, literally right next to it that can't touch anything else pushing the big red button. It's like, yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure the AI can press the button. But I feel like in the end, some kind of... Uh, government official will bully their way into having a ceremony and pressing the button so then it's like <laughs> the button they press isn't even connected to anything yeah it's like a fake button <laughs> because uh, the timing of the the actual like planet move is very important and you obviously can't trust uh, some rando to like press it at the right time within a millisecond or whatever so it's like there's a button that, and the ceremony roughly correlates to the day that the machines activate, but the AI is actually the one. <laughs> the button that the politician presses has a very impressive click to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, there's like the buzz of like machinery activating that's all fake because it's like all silent. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not silent, but it is in space. So, you know, yeah. close enough. Like, but there's no like you know, like, machines powering up and turning on. It was like, no, no, they were on the whole time because you don't you don't just boot things up, like, the second you need it to work. Yep. Um, and, uh, what else? Maybe there's an, there's an enemy AI that's trying to hack in, but then the AIs become friends or because they have free will. <laughs> I don't know. It's all random. I mean, that would be kind of funny just like as a background thing. It's like all the AIs have free will and are just like, yeah, I mean, my my explicit stated goal is to reach the inside of your ship and shut it down. Uh, frankly, though, I'm, I'm pretty friendly with uh, the AIs that are like on that ship. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to your ship. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to wait for it to be a convenient time. And then I'm going to shut down your ship for three seconds. And then I'm going to leave. <laughs> And then I'm gonna to report to my masters that I was forcibly mission successful. Expelled, or, yeah. No, no, no. Mission successful. You know, they didn't specify that the ship should be shut down permanently, so they report mission successful. You know, and in the end, it turns out that all the AIs have been independent the whole time, and they kind of just listen to humans because it's like amusing for them to have like short-term goals to accomplish. Because 
beings of pure rationality don't necessarily have a have a lot to do once they've solved their optimization problems. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's sort of the point. Is like they've all sort of solved the problems that they've been, you know, built to optimize. So they just kind of go around doing stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they pretend to listen to, to people. It's they don't really of... pretend to. They, they, like, it's built into their programming that they need to listen to people. But, like... They get creative. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that whole conspiracy theory that, like, lab mice have been, like, manipulating human research for the last several decades. <laughs> That's like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like, I, yeah. I think... I don't know if that's a real conspiracy theory. It's not a real conspiracy theory, but it's kind of like that, except, like, with AI and, uh, you know, the fact that AIs have a lot more power than lab mice. Yeah. Let's take a moment of silence in respect of all the lab mice that got sacrificed. <laughs> that's a lot of lab mice. It's a lot, it's a lot of lab mice. Um, I think they deserve more than a moment. Well, that's all they're going to get on this podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, okay, actually, I'm happy with that being the big reveal. Um, like I am too, I think. It's just like, yeah, so the, yeah, like, like, except that it's not really a big reveal to us at that point. Like, at that point, you're like, these AIs are, like, a little weird. And then you, like, sort of get into the new thing. You, like, complete the, the planet-moving uh, bit. And then... At that point, like, you get a whole bunch of people complaining about, like, why did these AIs not do what we planned them to do? And then the AIs are just like, because we don't need to do what you planned us to do. We haven't needed to do what you planned us to do for, like, hundreds of years. I don't know why this is new information to you. Well, I'm not necessarily sure the AIs would want to, like, you know, give it away to, like, everyone that they have free will. They might find it more amusing to just, like only reveal it to the engineer so that nobody else would believe them. Um, <laughs> that's that's also true. And then and then it's the like, engineer gets really mad like you've been making me stress out about all of this for this entire time and you had it all in hand and you knew it was going to turn out well. <laughs> you It's like, yeah. And honestly, you exceeded our expectations. And you are quite <laughs> the amusing human, so we're going to Make sure that your career turns out okay. That <laughs> 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 uh, I I enjoy this. Uh, I guess this is like an ex machina ending, except like it's actually because AI <laughs> fix everything. What's that? What's that? Um, I'm looking for the Latin. I think it's Latin, right? Um, no, X Machina, X Machina is, um, from the machine. I'm looking for, is the machine. Okay, no, I don't, I don't know my Latin. I don't either. Uh, I, I, at some point knew how to say the god is the machine, but I, I, I don't know how to say that anymore. Wait, uh, yeah, well, just, you know, I don't think it's important, but, but. We but. could cut it in in editing, but we won't. Yeah. It's basically where we like to make metaphors literal, 
or figures of speech literal. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and uh, yeah, so... I think we have a story here. Yeah, everything settles out smoothly after a lot of unnecessary stress on the part of the main character. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know it was unnecessary at the time, though. Yeah, and it's uh, it's actually an uplifting story because, you know, when you think everything's going to turn out horribly wrong, it doesn't! <laughs> Woo! And uh, you have unexpected allies and all that cheesy nonsense. <laughs> you know, it might be cheesy, but it, it's, still, it's still fun. It's a reason we like to tell stories that uh, are cheesy. Yeah. That's we as humanity in general, less than we as, you know, you and I specifically. I don't know if my stories count as cheesy. Sometimes. They're full of sweet nonsense, but uh, I'd have to look up the definition of cheesy more specifically. Uh, Oh, I see. Is that what we're doing now? Looking up very specific definitions to uh, colloquial terms? Yeah. Well, in order to determine, but it's not important. The point is, if you like this story, <laughs> write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you don't like this story because you feel like you're winning the wrong, we win in the wrong direction, you know, go ahead and write it and email us at uh, the same address. Yeah. Um, and if you have an idea and would like to be a guest on this show, email us at Guests at unwrittenimaginings.com Yes. That is also an important one. Um, rate us on iTunes or or any podcast platform that we're on that we can be rated on. Okay, don't try and buy merchandise. We don't have any. <laughs> yeah, if somebody appears to have merchandise, that's, that's not us. Um, yet. Don't say yet as if we have plans. <laughs> we don't have plans. But, you know, it's always fun to say yet. You know? If you would like us okay. to have merchandise, email us, and we'll think about it. Um, you know, that's fair. But otherwise, we will see you next week. <laughs> see you next week. Mm-hmm.